that. And then Liz Dyer is uh, coming to speak. Liz, I wonder if you could come up here. Liz is the founder of the, I'd say the first, yep, mm-hmm, the first um, uh, group, face, secret Facebook group of uh, moms of LGBTQ kids called Mama Bears. I think it's like 3,700 now. Liz said it was a gross exaggeration. It's actually only 3,660, you know, so it's like, you know. <laughs> Pastor stock, we always inflate the numbers, you know. And she's like 40 difference, okay. It's probably 3,700 by now, and it spun off other groups like this all over the country, and some very significant things. I hope Liz gets a chance to share some of those things. But Liz is just doing this on a volunteer basis. Not, it's not even a nonprofit or anything like that. She just does it on her, uh, on her couple of off days, and she lives in Texas. She's a phenomenal human being. Um, and we are so honored to have Liz Dyer speak with us today. Give it to us, Liz. It's an honor and a blessing to be here. I'm so thankful for uh, Blue Ocean Faith Ann Arbor and for all of you. <clears throat> The work you're doing, the way you practice radical hospitality, and the way you fully include LGBT people in your faith community is just so meaningful to me. Um, as someone who has a gay son, and someone who's passionate about making the world a kinder, safer, more loving place for all LGBT people, um, your work, um, your existence is so encouraging to me. It gives me so much hope for the future, not just for myself, but uh, for my son, uh, for my grandchildren, uh, for future generations. Uh, a lot of families like mine who have LGBTQ members and of course LGBTQ people have felt disenfranchised and marginalized, um, even betrayed uh, by the church that we poured our lives into. And so it's just exciting to see this kind of change happen. It's not happening fast enough, but it is happening. And you guys are trailblazers. Uh, you're on the front lines. Uh, I know it didn't come um, without a price, but I'm thankful for you. And I wanted to take a moment to let you know that today. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I want to share with you today uh, a little bit of my own story of how I became affirming of... Uh, LGBT people and of uh, same-sex relationships, and how that led to me becoming an ally for LGBTQ people. And, um, okay, what acronym do I use? Uh, just forgive me if it's not consistent. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> um, but uh, what I want to share today is that I didn't become uh, affirming or an ally in spite of my faith. My faith actually led me to become affirming. My faith actually compelled me to become an ally. And so I think that's an important story for us to share because often we get accused of throwing scripture out or compromising our faith and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I come from a very conservative Christian background. I grew up in a small town in North Louisiana, uh, just a couple of thousand people there. And uh, I grew up, I married someone who basically believed the same thing I believe. Uh, we had two sons. And over the years, we became very um, involved in our local faith community. I led women's ministry in two different churches that we belonged to. It wasn't a paid staff um, position because those churches didn't have anyone on staff to lead women's ministry. But I certainly put in enough hours to be considered full-time staff. <laughs> 
but I loved it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I always loved connecting with other women, and I was always very passionate about trying to help women find their own voice, uh, to become empowered, to live wholeheartedly into what they believe that God was calling them to do. When my son came out in 2006, it really upset my apple cart. Um, At that time, I had bought into the belief that being gay was not God's will. Uh, Being transgender was not God's will. Um, Same-sex relationships were sinful. Um, They were not acceptable. They were not holy. They were not sacred. And um, so when my son came out, he was in his second year of college. He was going to a conservative Christian university uh, with plans to be a full-time minister. He wanted to go into youth ministry. He loved the church. He loved God. Um, He still does. And... um, By the time he came out to me, he had already concluded that it was okay to be gay and that it was okay to have a same-sex relationship. Of course, he thought, you know, you would apply the same kind of principles you would to a heterosexual relationship, but he didn't have any questions about that by that time. Um, And that went against what I understood to be the truth um, and to be God's will. I didn't meet him with the kind of reaction that I would encourage parents to meet their kids when they come out to him, to them. Uh, I met him with um, confrontation, um, even judgment. I never said you're going to hell. I never said you're not going to be my son. But I wasn't compassionate. I wasn't supportive. And we went through several months that were very difficult. And at that time, um, 11, 12 years ago, there were not a lot of resources. There weren't people for me to be able to connect with easily and talk about the issue. So we were handling this very um, privately, uh, very isolated. We were hesitant to tell even people we were close to at church. Um, The few people we did tell, um, they just encouraged us to love our son, but they agreed it was wrong. And uh, it was just a very difficult time for our family. I stepped down from almost all ministry immediately. And, um, you know, I just said we had something personal to deal with. And I was really in a lot of pain. I was afraid. I was afraid what this meant for my son, what this meant for our family. Um, It changed everything. Now, I want to tell you, I was not completely surprised that my son was gay. It had crossed my mind a lot of times. (laughs) There there were signs. There were signs. Um, But I was shocked because I had bought into this idea that in order for someone to be LGBT, that something had to go terribly wrong. Something bad had to happen to them, or they had to be doing something bad, or the family had to have been doing something bad. It was not that I thought anyone chose to be LGBT, but I thought it was something bad that had happened that caused this. So there was a part of me, I guess, I hadn't thought about it too deeply, but I thought it didn't have to be that way too. So I thought there was basically two choices for my son to make. He could maybe change and live as a heterosexual, or he could commit to a lifetime of celibacy. He assured me neither one of those were options for him. (laughs) So this left me with a real dilemma. My first reaction was to go and find a lot of information to prop up my side of the argument. 
And that was pretty easy for me to do because I had those kind of resources available. At some point in that process, I was reading a blog. It wasn't about being affirming, but it was criticizing the church on how they were treating uh, LGBT people and connecting with them or failing to connect with them. And there, in the comments section, which you all know is always the most interesting <laughs> um, and challenging, um, in the comments section, a um, man who was gay had commented, and he said in pretty um, strong terms, he didn't want a church to just be nice and welcoming to him. He didn't want people to connect with him if they disapproved of who he was. Um, he didn't want to be friends with people who thought that the person he loved and the relationship they had was sinful. Uh, he said, basically, get the heck out of my life, if that's how you feel. He used stronger language, but <laughs> we're in church this morning, so I'll let your imaginations roam. That really struck me, because what I realized when I read that is, if I was a lesbian, that's probably exactly how I would feel. So why is my son still willing to have a relationship with me when he knows that I'm not approving of what he believes or the way he wants to live his life, when he knows that I'm judging him in a negative way. Oh yeah, he's kind of being very godly to me, isn't he? <laughs> he's really offering me a lot of grace. Um, up until that point, I thought I was being the bigger person. And I realized that day, in that moment, the Spirit moved in me and showed me that my son was being a, bear, a better example of Jesus than I was being. And I knew I had to go to him and tell him that. And I did. And I shared with him that going forward, I was going to be more open-minded about considering his perspective and a different perspective. And I was really going to look at things um, without trying to you know, prop up my argument, I was going to look at it and really try to see what really was there, what was really the truth, what was the best way to go forward. And I did, and that was a real turning point. Not only did it um, provide some healing between me and my son and, and kind of gave us a little fresh start, but it helped me really learn, uh, start to do the work I needed to do. And I did. I looked at um, the six or seven verses that we often use to condemn same-sex relationships. I, um, I knew how to look at original con um, uh, language and historical context because I'd been writing Bible studies for several years for women's ministry. And so I did that. And it really didn't take me long to figure out, oh, my son's right. The scripture does not say anything about the kind of relationship he wants to have. There's nothing I could find that talked about uh, someone falling in love with someone of the same sex, uh, getting married, having a family. Um, no, that, that wasn't what those scriptures were referring to. But that still didn't answer my question. Because the Bible doesn't answer every question directly, does it? We often have to go outside, look at real life, maybe apply the, the basic tenets of our um, faith and, and um, you know, the principles to things and, and figure out, you know, what is right? What is the right way to go? So I thought about it and I said, well, I'm going to have to meet some LGBT people. <laughs> I'm going to have to get to know them and see how things are kind of playing out in their life. And I thought there'll probably be two camps of people. 
There'll be LGBT people who are embracing the traditional ideas that either you have to live as heterosexuals or you have to live a life of celibacy. Or there'll be this other group, uh, like my son, who have decided that it's okay to be gay and it's okay to have a same-sex relationship. My assumption was these people uh, embracing the traditional ideas are probably going to be healthier. You know, they're going to be faring better. You know, they're, they're going to have their stuff together better. Um, they'll be more content, more at peace. Uh, things will just be flowing better in their life. And these people that, you know, are taking this other view that my son is, well, it's going to probably be obvious. I mean, if you're really out of God's will, there's going to be some misery there. You know, things are going to just be kind of more of a wreck. Um, and I thought I could see this. And I could see something right away. It was very evident it was exactly the opposite. Yes. <laughs> the people uh, embracing the traditional ideas had a lot more negative issues going on in their life. They were dealing with despair and depression and hopelessness, self-loathing. Uh, many people had history of self-harm. Some had suicidal uh, tendencies and thoughts. Some had even attempted to take their life. Many of them told me they just didn't want to live long. They hoped the Lord would make them have a short life because it was such a burden. It was so much stress and anxiety to hide or to try to be something that they weren't, to try to change something inside of themselves that was impossible to change. And it would set up kind of a, a, a dislike for themselves. They didn't like the person that they were because they thought this part of themselves was bad. And then there were these people that had accepted that they were gay and that they could have a loving relationship with someone of the same sex and that it could be holy and sacred and good and life-giving. And those people were faring so much better, especially if they were connected to a group of people who were also affirming and celebrating who they were. Those people were healthier in every way, relationally, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, even physically. So I had my answer. Um, now, it was a process for me to make myself believe this, but over time I did, and I landed fully in the affirming camp. So there I got my answer, there was a lot of peace, but I was still living this double life. Okay, so all these progressive Christians and these LGBT people that I had connected with, they all knew Liz Dyer is affirming. And that's wonderful, you know? I mean, she has seen something that we wanted people to see, and she saw it, and that's great. My husband, my son knew, and they were on board. They loved it. But I had this other group of people, my um, people that I worked with, my neighbors, my conservative Christian friends and families and members, and um, they didn't know I had landed in the affirming camp. I was keeping that quiet. I was in the closet. Um, I knew there was going to be a price to pay when I told everybody, and I just wasn't ready for that. I was afraid. Um, I had invested a lot of years and time uh, in these relationships. I knew they would think poorly of me. I knew they would um, probably distance themselves from me, confront me. Um, it just wasn't something I wanted to deal with. I wasn't ready. And I was still giving myself time. There was this woman I had connected with who was a progressive Christian and a lesbian, and she had a blog. 
and she often invited people to um, be guest bloggers for her. And she invited this um, pastor that I had met and we knew and was kind of in that circle. And he was a wonderful, he still is a wonderful person. He uh, has a ministry that he works with uh, homeless people. And um, his church is maybe like at that time in a park. And um, he depended on support from just individuals to carry on this ministry that he was um, just very compelled and passionate about. And he wrote a four-part series for her blog about how he became affirming. He talked in that uh, series about how his friends told him, don't, don't say it, don't say it out loud. It's going to cost you a lot. And you're doing such good work, so there's a reason to keep it a secret, right? It's justified. But this man said, no, I cannot continue to be silent because I believe that my silence is making me complicit in the damage that's being done to LGBT people and to the families that have LGBT members. I have to live out my faith with integrity. And so he did, and it did cost him. There was a price to pay, which many of you here are familiar with, and, um, but he did it anyway. And I was so thankful, because back then, 11, 12 years ago, there were not many ministers coming out saying they were affirming. There were not many full-time ministry people that were willing to pay the price. Um, so it meant a lot to me and my family because we were feeling, you know, very betrayed and, and disenfranchised by the church. And I left a comment on that blog and, and thanked him for his position. And, you know, he was gracious about it. I tell you, God works in funny ways. <laughs> and the spirit moves even when you don't want it to. And it was just days after I left that comment that that woman contacted me and asked me if I wanted to share my story of how I became affirming <laughs> on her blog. Well, I really didn't want to, but what could I say? I mean, God had laid Micah 6-8 on my heart. He had said to me, um, you know what is good and what I require of you, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. I wanted to be that kind of follower of Christ. I wanted to do justice. Um, I wanted to love mercy, and I wanted to make to treat God more seriously than I treated myself. I wanted to look at Him as, um, you know, as the leader, as the prominent one in my life. So I said yes, kicking and screaming. I said yes. I wrote my story out. She posted it on her blog, and I put it on all my social media for my world to see. And that was the moment I became an ally. <laughs> I was afraid. It was hard. I got confronted. Uh, I got unfriended. Um, some people just became silent and distanced. But then the blessings came. And people started sending uh, parents to me who had uh, kids who came out to them. And I was able to encourage them and let them know that they didn't have to choose between their faith uh, and celebrating and affirming their LGBT kid. Um, I was able to, you know, offer them resources and, and connect them with other people who had been allies to me and uh, who had walked with me on my journey and helped me learn and grow and open up and see. And it was so rewarding. It was so great. Um, 
And then at some point, I decided to start my own blog. And um, it's a long story. I won't go into it now. You can message me. But I named it Serendipity Doodah. <laughs> and uh, I started blogging. And then a few years later, in June of 2014, I decided to start my own private Facebook group for moms of LGBT kids. I didn't really know how it would go. Um, we started with about 150 moms that I had connected with, some in another group, and some of just people that had um, connected with me through my blog and with other people referring them to me. That month, when we started, it was um, Pride Month, of course, and we started out with an event called Pride and Joy. And we invited moms of LGBT kids who were in the group to share pictures of their LGBT kids and to tell us about their kids and why they um, were celebrating their kids, why their kids were their pride and joy. And for many of us, that was the first time that we had really done that. I mean, even though we had people in our lives that we were sharing this information with, we weren't, you know, being real bold and celebrating our kids like that. And it was just so wonderful to do that. And it really started to create a very um, uh, special bond between us and, and a specific tone about our group. Uh, today, our group has grown to almost 3,700 moms of LGBT kids. And, uh, <laughs> yay. and we continue to grow. Um, so many great things are coming out of the group. It still uh, serves basically two purposes, like it did from the very beginning. One is that uh, we want to connect with moms um, who are facing this new re reality. Uh, moms who are just having their kids come out to them. We want to help them um, learn um, from us. We want to share resources with them. We want to support them. Uh, we want to uh, let them know we understand their fears, their questions, their concerns. Um, we want to help them move through that as quick as they can so that they can be a supportive, um, loving um, resources for their kids uh, so they can let their kids know your sexual orientation, your gender identity doesn't affect my love for you one bit and I'm going to be with you on this journey and I'm going to try to make sure you have everything you need to live into um, this person that you were created to be. And then the other side of that coin, uh, I always think of our group like a two-sided coin, the other side is that um, it's for moms that, you know, have their feet firmly on the ground. Um, they're okay with everything, but now they want to um, really get involved and be allies, be advocates, uh, not just for their kids, but for all LGBT people. Um, and we see that happen a lot. These moms, um, they uh, get involved politically. Uh, they start groups at their church. They start PFLAG chapters. Uh, they write books. They start blogs. They speak on panels. They do all kinds of things that are just, it's just amazing advocacy work. They empower each other. Um, anytime anyone comes in to the group and talks about something they're doing, I mean, they get so much encouragement. Or if they are thinking about doing something, they get so much encouragement. So it's just a, a place where we can really encourage and empower one another. Uh, I'll just tell you a few things that we have going on. Um, 
you may have heard of Sarah Cunningham and Free Mom Hugs. Um, if you follow things about the LGBTQ community, she started with our group from the very beginning, um, and she got the idea um, to go out to pride parades and give free mom hugs to LGBT people, just to let them know they're loved uh, by moms, uh, because many of them don't have that kind of support from their family, and to encourage them. And that just really uh, took off, and she had a little post that went viral. And now we have people, not just moms, but anybody, going out to pride parades, giving out free hugs, uh, encouraging LGBT people all over the country, even outside of the country. Um, we, another mom in our group started a project called the Banner Blanket Project. And um, many moms in our group have um, connected with that project, and we make uh, no-sew fleece blankets, and we send them to LGBTQ people who have lost support of their families uh, due to their LGBTQ status. Um, she calls it banner blanket uh, because of a verse in the Bible that talks about God's love being a banner over us. So we hope when LGBTQ people receive these blankets and we send a note with it that, you know, they'll feel like they're wrapped in love, um, in God's love and in, and in our love. <clears throat> we recently started a project called uh, Made with Love and um, because blankets are time consuming to make and they're expensive to mail, uh, we wanted to come up with something that was a little quicker and we could just stick it in an envelope. So we make friendship bracelets with heart patterns in them. And we send those with a little note uh, to LGBTQ people that need support and encouragement uh, just to let them know that they're on our hearts, something they can wear on their body, and remember that they are worthy of love. Um, that the world is better because they're here and that we want them to hang in there. And then uh, we also started um, a subgroup of the main group uh, this year, and it's called Mama Bears to the Rescue. Yeah. And any mom in our group who wants to be an active ally and um, be available to connect with, uh, offer support and care to LGBT people who you know, need that kind of connection and care, can join that group. We do things like we go to a wedding where a groom or a bride doesn't have supportive family and we're there as a stand-in affirming mom. Uh, we have LGBTQ people over to our homes, uh, especially in the holidays, so they're not alone. We visit them in the hospital. We help them move. We take them a meal if they're sick. Um, we just want to be a loving presence in their life. We can't solve their problems, maybe, but we can be there with them. Um, that's one of the greatest things about being an ally, is the connections we make and the way we learn, um, not just learn, but have the opportunity to really love others. In Galatians uh, 5-6, it's a, it's a verse that's really meant a lot to me on this journey, the second part of that says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And being an ally uh, to LGBT people has really helped me uh, hone in and focus on that very important element of my faith. I um, had a lot of questions about a lot of things as I went on this journey. I still have a lot of questions. I'm not sure what I believe about heaven and hell or exactly what happened on the cross. But there are three things that I always hung on to. God is good. 
God loves all of us and he wants us to love each other. The only thing that counts when it comes to our faith is expressing itself through love. Keep being an ally. I see all of you as allies. I see Blue Ocean Faith Ann Arbor as an ally. And that's my message. That's what I wanted to say today is I never had to compromise my faith to be an ally. My faith led me to be an ally. And I think it's the perfect way to live out our faith. So thank you very much. from some of our traditions. I know we're, we're from a collection of different backgrounds here. I have a little bit more of a Pentecostal background. And in that background, we do something that we call the laying on of hands and the anointing with oil. So I've brought a little bit of oil. And what this is is where we just invite a few people up to maybe lay hands on Liz. And what this does is just confer a blessing, a communal blessing on what it is that she's doing and on the work that the mama bears are doing. Because when we look at this, I mean, this, this group grew from 150 to 3660 <laughs> in four years. And to me, that, that really is a marker of the breath of the Holy Spirit really working in a movement that I see as a prophetic movement. And when Ken and I were first asked, we just kind of came into the group for a week at a time just to interact with the women watching the stories and then seeing how Liz was interacting with the women, I thought, oh my gosh, this woman, she's really pastoring these women and doing it with real grace. I think all of your women's ministry background, all of that was just sort of this preparation. You've got great boundaries, incredible wisdom, just real, um, just so much space to help hold people's stories. So we want to bless that. And I'm going to invite just a few people I know who have that kind of background, maybe who'd be okay with I'll get Rachel and Ken up here. I was even thinking maybe Andrea, if you'd be willing. Um, Adam, too, if you'd like. Ronnie, if you'd like. Ronnie and Rich. Anybody else like Lisa's? You guys feel comfortable with that? Uh, Kathleen? Oh, yeah, Kathleen, you come from that background. Oh, oh Ben. ben. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ben, get up here. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to anoint Liz with some oil, and then we're going to pray together. Feel free. I asked Liz if we could do this, so feel free to put your, your hand on her. So, Liz, we anoint you with oil in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we just um, we confer the blessing of Blue Ocean Faith on you, and we confer the blessing of the people of God and of onto the work that you're doing. And we want to recognize the, the powerful prophetic and pastoral role that you are playing. And we want to bless the wisdom that you have in guiding it. And I'd like to ask that Holy Spirit, um, I know that you have already filled and refilled, but Lord, that you would just come in power and really anoint Liz for the work going forward as you are just breathing, expanding it. Um, I ask that you would give her just an expanded capacity to continue holding stories. I know that holding stories of trauma can be a lot emotionally. And so, Lord, I ask that you would just really give her a sense of inner peace, 
that you would help her to hold those stories, that you would help her carry those stories, and that you will continue to use her work and the work of all the mama bears that she is leading and shepherding to continue bringing um, more people into a place of understanding that love is our ultimate aim. Jesus, we thank you for Liz. We thank you that she has followed your path of love and um, is really just a follower of Jesus who knows what it means to suffer and what it has cost, and we bless her for that. But do you have anything to add to that? Okay. So, Liz, thank you and bless you. I thought, actually, I want to say just an extended prayer to the mama and papa bears who are here, and that includes ours that are here, like Joan and Pat. Like, if you're a parent of a gay, uh, queer child, stand up, and I just want to say a little prayer over you guys as well. Yeah, honor them. There's a lot to be said in the Christian tradition for really honoring people, especially when they've suffered. And so we just confer your blessing also on these mama bears and papa bears. Lord, that you would bring healing to those spaces where they have been rejected, where they have had to suffer on behalf of their kids. And Lord, I ask that you would also honor them and hold them in high esteem um, for the, the path that they have followed and that you would continue to use their stories and the stories of their children to bless others and to extend your good realm here on earth, Lord. We bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.